So 2014 was the last time I ever sold a car. Um, by the way, I started when I was 18. 2014 was the last year I ever delivered a car. Started my sales training company in 2011, and then 2014 started taking it serious. Um, 2014 made 716 grand W2, 150 grand 1099 money. So I made 900 grand selling cars. That's a lot of money selling cars. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I was one of the top one percent earners in the automotive space. Um, but selling cars, I, I look, I don't even know how to change a tire. I don't, and might say, hey man, that's stupid. No, dude, I know people knowledge, not product knowledge. I didn't know anything about cars. I didn't care about cars. I cared about people. We have a lot of real realtors and loan officers. So some of them sell, are really good at selling. Some of them are average salespeople. And some of them are just, they can't sell. Like they know the product very well, but they can't sell. And they train and they train and they train. It gets to a point where I'm like, hey, you guys have to stop training in the office. You gotta go out there and get business. But if, if they're not good at getting business and selling, do you think anyone can learn how to sell? Is that a skill or is that an ability or how do you see that? Yeah, so number one, I would tell you the salespeople are made, not born. And I'm gonna tell you something, right? If you wanna be great, you're gonna be great. Okay, there's gonna be a day that you'll be sick and tired of, sick, of being sick and tired and you're gonna to wanna to change. And one of the reasons why our company does so well, we train about 375,000 salespeople around the country right now, and our, we coin, our term is called total recreation. Okay, so if you're watching this right now, I don't care who you are, right? You can literally, there's a guy inside of you or a woman inside of you you haven't met yet. Just understand that. Number one, you gotta get pissed off to rip that person out. Yeah. Okay, so these people in here in these mortgage offices or wherever it is, if they don't wanna win, they ain't gonna win. Until people change, nothing changes. Hey guys, welcome back to Driven Channel. I'm here with a really special guest. Uh, I've been wanting to meet you, you know, like, cause we're, we're a lot alike. You're just white and I'm brown. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, 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 we're both great at sales. We're intense and we're not, we're very close in age. And um, I know that you started as a, you're a sales person, sales coach, sales guy, mm -hmm. but you started off selling cars. I, I grew up, no, I didn't grow up watching him, but I, I was, um, I was close and I spent a lot of time with Grant Cardone. Mm -hmm. So I know Grant Cardone really well. I know Jordan Belfort. And those are kind of like the two guys that I think people now see as like, this is a sales coach and maybe just in, in um, fame wise, like that a lot of people know them. But then one of our guys tells me, he sends me a picture. He's like, hey, check this guy out. He's like a young Grant Cardone. And then I'm nice. I see you and I, I remember you because Brad is a really close friend of mine and he had mentioned you to me. And then I'm like, Brad, is this, is this the guy you told me about? And he's like, yeah. And that's when he connected you with me. He texted us both and then we connected. And now finally you're here in person because you came to, um, you came for a trip with your, with your family, but nice to finally have you. Andy. Yeah. Pleasure, man. Appreciate you. Number one, beautiful studio. If you hadn't been out here, this guy's killing it. Number two, he's like my twin brother. Yeah. No yeah. hair. 42. Only difference is, 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 is brown and, and, and white. That's it. Yeah, that's good. I'll get a tan. I'll yeah. get a tan. We're, we're, we're actually pretty close in color, too. Yeah, well, we like to go to Mexico a lot. Yeah. So, um, but I want to say something. Now, number one, Grant Cardone, growing up, 18 years old, on the pavement, selling cars as a kid. Yeah. We would listen to the cassette tapes. That was him. 
feathered hair, three feet shoulder pads, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to watch the videos, listen to the cassette tapes. Um, but the fire, the drive, the inspiration, winning, whether it's Jordan Belfort, Grant Cardone, if you're in the cell space, you're going to have to have winning energy and you got to be passionate about what you do because that's what, that's what top performers have. Yeah. So Andy, tell me, when was the last time you sold cars? Uh, you, you actively sold cars? Cause I know you, you coach and you train a lot of car salespeople. When was the last time you actually sold cars? So 2014 was the last time I ever sold a car. Um, by the way, I started when I was 18. 2014 was the last year I ever delivered a car. Started my sales training company in 2011. And then 2014 started taking it serious. Um, 2014 made 716 grand W2, 150 grand 1099 money. So I made 900 grand selling cars. That's a lot of money selling cars. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I was one of the top 1% earners in the automotive space. Um, but selling cars, I, I look, I don't even know how to change a tire. I don't, and might say, hey, man, that's stupid. No, dude, I know people knowledge, not product knowledge. I didn't know anything about cars. I didn't care about cars. I cared about people. And that was always a people game. You know, always uh, just tried to win at just being the best at dealing with people, making sure people felt significant, felt important and selling cars. Look, we're in the era of the worst salesman in the history of time, especially yeah. today. But back then, nobody cared. So the deal is, is that if we were great, we practiced, we trained, dude, it was easy to smash everybody. So my last year selling was uh, 2014 and that was selling cars. But whether it was cars or real estate or insurance or solar, it was, it's all the same. Yeah. It's all skill acquisition. How, how many cars were, were, would you sell a month? So I averaged about 70 to 80 cars a month, roughly. By yourself? Yeah, by myself. And, and how, does, how does your typical day look? That customers come in, you don't know much about the car, but you just, you're just good with people? Well, number one, when you meet me, you think I know everything about the car, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing because confidence, conviction, believability, right? Like the state that I would carry would put people in a state to want to say yes and buy, and they'd forget about the car because of the way I'd make them feel. People always don't remember what you say, but they always remember how you made them feel. Would you agree? Yeah. So one of the deals, I was always great at making people feel that they were in the right place. And then what I said logically made sense to make them want to do business with me. I mean, ask a couple questions. You can fact find, qualify, and then put them on the right car. Selling cars was easy. Mm -hmm. It was the easiest thing in the world. But getting outside of the automotive space, um, that's where we're really thriving. Our company's exploding. We're blowing up. It's insane. And uh, selling cars, as again, Grant Cardone, was the vehicle. It was just a vehicle. Yeah. And when you sold cars, were you dressed up in the suit or were you, were, were you in shorts? Uh, how, 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 was you, how was your look? Uh, did you intimidate clients? Because you're pretty mass, like muscle guy. So Yeah. No, man. I mean, hey, I think people buy from people that are a little better looking. So my goal yeah. is I'm not that good looking. I'm married up. My wife's smoking hot. But I learned, though, because I wasn't good looking, if I stayed in great shape, I got better looking just because I worked out. Yeah. So I knew a guy like me had to work out a lot. I looked better. I did wear a suit, tie, that stuff at certain times, but I'm from Oklahoma. It was 100, 120 degrees in Oklahoma. Um, so r during the summer, man, I mean, I'm, I'm like the king of wearing short shorts. My dad raised me in five inch inseam shorts. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Everybody made fun of me, but guess what? I had legs so I could sport them. Yeah. Anyways, just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever met Grant Cardone? Uh, no, no, I, I have not. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, 
skills and ability like do you do you believe that anyone can learn how to sell like for example like i have we have a lot of real realtors and loan officers mm -hmm. so some of them sell are really good at selling some of them are average salespeople, and some of them are just they can't sell like they know the product very well but they can't sell and they train and they train and they train it gets to a point where i'm like hey you guys have to stop training in the office and you got to go out there and get business but if if they're not good at getting business and selling do you think anyone can learn how to sell is that a skill or is that an ability or how do you see that yeah so number one i would tell you the salespeople are made not born and i'm going to tell you something right if you want to be great you're going to be great okay there's going to be a day that you'll be sick and tired of sick of being sick and tired and you're going to want to change. And one of the reasons why our company does so well, we train about 375,000 salespeople around the country right now. And our, we coin, our term is called total recreation. Okay, so if you're watching this right now, I don't care who you are, right? You can literally, there's a guy inside of you or a woman inside of you you haven't met yet. Just understand that. Number one, you got to get pissed off to rip that person out. Yeah. Okay, so these people in here in these mortgage offices or wherever it is, if they don't want to win, they ain't going to win. Until people change, nothing changes, okay? So your actions, your behaviors, how you talk, how you speak, how you talk to yourself, right? Like all that matters. Before I even talk to you, the conversation I had with myself, I think that conversation matters more than the conversation we're about to have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You look, you can look in a guy's eyes or a woman's eyes and tell if she's burning with fire and she wants to win and she's got a fire in her belly and she's alive. This COVID deal, when it hit, Wearing a mask, standing six feet apart, it really separated a lot of people, okay? It seems like the passion to win, the passion to do great at your job anymore, the care level just isn't there. So if somebody's watching this, look, dude, whatever you do, just become undeniably, undeniably the best at it, but give, you'll give a shit. Yeah. Like, care. If you'll care, you'll crush everybody. I promise you. And then every single day, Try to figure out how to level up just a little bit. Go from gear three to gear five to gear seven and uh, totally recreate. Like if you're not great at something, guess what? Find someone who is and model that sucker until you got it down and you're better than them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you believe that selling is the same for any industry? Like you, you sold cars. You teach people how to sell cars. Can you teach it? Realtors how to sell real estate? Absolutely. Well, number one, when you meet somebody in the first 10, 15 seconds, you decide if you like them, uh, yes or no. Am I yeah, right? Yeah. All right, cool. So how's your intro? Look, I'm just going to tell you, in any industry, how's your intro? If you're on the phone, if you're in person, how's your intro? How do you look? Do you seem like you care? Look, I mean, does it look like you're great at what you do? Are you passionate about what you do? Let me ask you a question. Do you genuinely love people? Or are you in it for the money? Look, I can look at people and I can tell when they're in it for their money. If you're in it for the money, I'm out. So when you really care and it's on your heart, it's easy to see. So I would just tell you, I think a lot of people need to go back and reevaluate their priorities, what's important to them. And you'll be surprised when you start crushing everybody and winning. But I think that every single person out there can win and be the best. All they got to do is just go back to the drawing board and say, what does greatness look like? That's it. And find someone in your, in your niche, right, that's killing it and get as close to that person as physically possible and then literally just recreate yourself yeah, and be just like them. And that's it. So when you find somebody that's really good, what, what would you, 
would you copy everything they do or, or no? Well, number one, our goal isn't to make other people like us. I don't want, you don't want people to be like you. Yeah. What you want to do is be a, a great example of what, what it looks like to win. Right. Plus I'm going to tell you this at the end of the day, I don't want to be like anybody that doesn't have a backstory. I'm an underdog. I believe underdogs can smash Goliaths every day of the week. Okay, I came from nothing. I got had five brothers and sisters growing up. Mom left when I was two. Alcoholic, straight crackhead. Long story short, I'm, that's not a victim story. That's just the, how I grew up. Straight D's in school, graduated barely. Straight D's. I'm in Oklahoma. Tornado smashes my high school. They said, "Hey, if you're passing grades, guess what? You get to walk." Woo! Just graduated high school. Yeah. If I'd have hit the semester test, I'd have failed. Yeah went and got a sales job. So my goal is, my backstory is, I went through the grinder, wore the same two pair of clothes my whole freaking life growing up, didn't get school money. Oh, school's back in, go buy new clothes. No, that, that stuff didn't exist. Dad, can I have five bucks? We want to go, nope. Dad, want, nope. There was yeah. no money for nothing. My, my goal is, that was good for me. It was good to get a taste of what mediocrity felt like and being average felt like. Yeah. And guess what, man? I hate it, and it pisses me off. So I'm just going to tell you, if anybody's out there and they really want to kill it, look, you can totally recreate. Just in any sales industry, find, find something that you want to do. Become great at it. Make it a vehicle. You don't have to do it forever. Just become really good at it and become undeniably the best at it. And guess what? Because it's amateur hour, like all these real estate people, all these solar salespeople, all the insurance salespeople – Everybody in every sales industry in the world, it is amateur hour, okay? Yeah. The world's missing more professionals. So my goal is I want to train people to be so great at what they do, they make their competition look like amateurs. So I'm just telling you when I say this, because it's amateur hour, if you'll master the craft and study it, like whatever you did, you study it. You went to a classroom, you studied it. Yeah. Then you, the app, you applied it, the application, study, apply, study, apply. And then you found a mentor, someone that you want to be just like. And then guess what you do? Yeah. So let, let's, let's, let's say um, we have, you, you know the disc, the disc test, like the high Ds, high Is, S and Cs? So like the high DNIs, they're dominant and they're really interactive. And then the S the S and C's are more like behind the desk. They're they're not really talkative. Mm -hmm. They're more of the processors. So like let's say if we have somebody that's high S and C, but they're really low DNI. So they don't have that that um that energy that they're not they're not they're not like you and like me. They're more behind the desk and it's almost like they can't sell if their life depends on it. Mm -hmm. So like if you get a person like that, let's say you have a group of 10 of those, what would be your, how would you start teaching them how to become good salespeople or because you, you believe you, you could make them salespeople, right? Mm -hmm. Even if they're not high DNI. Yeah. So I'm an introvert. Yeah. Like me. Yep. I'm an introvert. And yeah. it's kind of weird because you may think, well, Hey, how do you go up? How do you have this, um, how do you have this courage? We'll call it courage. How do you have this courage to do all these things right now? How do you have um, like a high tolerance risk factor, like where you'll go do anything? How do you do all that as an introvert? Well, number one, man, like when I was an introvert, like I didn't get very far. Okay. I was average at best when I was an introvert. Yeah. And one day I decided, one day I decided that I didn't want to be an introvert anymore. 
Okay. I don't like walking by someone and shying away. I don't like looking at you and you having a conversation with me and me not being able to keep eye contact with you. I didn't like that. So what I'll tell you, if there's anybody's watching this and you're introverted, you're a behind the desk person, you want to step out there, have a great big life and you're counting yourself out because you don't think you can have it. I'm going to tell you a secret how to get it. Do what others won't get freaking uncomfortable. Do it. And you will suck at it, and you're going to get made fun of in the beginning, but then you'll be laughing your way to the freaking bank when all those haters that were ragging on you, right, see you smashing them because you get it down. Yeah. Look, whatever you do, and you do a lot, you're going to become good at. That's it. And keep your foot on the gas. Look, you're where you are right now because you took a risk. You believed in yourself when no one else did, and you attacked. You executed even when there wasn't a result. And by the way, a lot of people want results, but you got to fall in love with the journey. You got to enjoy the suck. Look, I, I wasn't a good speaker. I stuttered. So when I started selling cars at 18 years old, I stuttered. When I first went out, this guy's like, dude, you stuttered. You're never going to be able to sell anything. But guess what happened? I knew that I could slow my brain down, be able to control my freaking mouth, and I could be good at speaking if I wanted to. Yeah. Well, I wanted to. So yeah. I practiced it for a freaking year. Yeah. And then I, I started selling a lot of cars yeah. and I did good. Because listen to this. So for people that are watching this about introverts, because I, I am an introvert too, because I grew up uh, mm -hmm. ESL class, huge accent, people making fun of me, calling me wet back, go back to Mexico. I always wanted to speak on stage and still knows this story. So I always wanted to speak at the 10X Growth Con with Grant. Never got the opportunity. I always wanted to speak at Todd Duncan's uh, mortgage seminar never got the opportunity. And I kept asking, I got a little bit of uh, hope from them that I could maybe, yes, no, mm -hmm. I never got the opportunity. So I got tired of waiting and I was not even a great speaker. Like I, 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 su I sucked, right? I, I, I still suck. I, I, I just got better with practice, but I, I didn't know how I was gonna do it. I just wanted to speak on stage. So I never got the opportunity. So I said, well, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna create my own stage. So then we created Driven, which was 2017. So we created the event and me and my wife, Syl, we winged it and we just did it. We put it on credit cards. Uh, we're like um, towards the end of the show, the, the event, the first event, and they're asking for $26,000. They, they needed 26 grand more. We're on the stage. We can't, we don't have access to a card or nothing. They're like, if you don't pay right now, we're going to cut the cord. And I think Elena Cardone was speaking uh, when, when that was going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Syl, like, hey, babe, what, what do we do? Like, oh shit, they're going to cut it down. Elena's up there. Grant's going to go up there next. Because we created our own, our, our own event yeah. because that's the only way I was able to speak on stage. So Grant, I paid him. He came to speak. And then I was going to go up. That was the first time I spoke on a stage like that. And since uh, I didn't get the opportunity, uh, I, I hired him to speak. And then I spoke. And then I got to speak next to Grant Cardone, which was like a dream come true. When I went up there and, and spoke, I remember when Syl went up the first time, she was like shaking. Like shaking. Her, her legs were like, like jellos like that. And then when I went up and spoke... I was like, if I see the replay, like it's, it, it, it's like, like I, I was awful. Yeah. I was awful. But I said maybe two or three things that the crowd, the audience liked and they related. And then after I did it again, I got a little bit better. Then I did it again. I got a little bit better. But that, that just shows that sometimes, you know, you are not ready. But you're, when, are, when are you ready? You just step into the plate. You do it. Nobody's going to eat you. And then it, it comes out kind of good. 
But then every time you get better and better, when you spoke for the first time, you, you mentioned stuttering. That was mm -hmm. stuttering too. Yeah. When you did it the first time, did you suck? And 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 I was horrible. And, and, and how did you how, how did it go from there to become who you are now? Well, the biggest deal is is that look, man. And if anybody's watching this, like you 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 should be taking notes because that's how I retain stuff by taking notes, right? So I listen. So there, there's a quote, you need to write this down if you're listening. It says, when the pain overrides the fear of change, when the pain, when your pain gets so high yeah. that it overrides the fear of change, which means you're not afraid anymore to change because the pain sucks. You want to get on that stage, right? Yeah. So when the pain got so high where you want to get on that stage, you said, screw it, we're doing it on our own. Screw it. I don't want anybody else's help. We're doing it on our own. Sink or swim, it doesn't matter. We're freaking doing it. And that's it. So those that can handle the highest threshold of pain are capable for the most. You've been through a lot of shit in your life, right? Yeah. So guess what? You use that pain as passion. And one day, these guys wouldn't let you speak on their stage. You said, screw it. I always wanted to teach people in the masses. I always taught my, I took a store from selling 100 a month to 500 a month, affected 100 people's lives. I watch all these people out there in the world affected thousands of lives, right? I mean, just like, like, and I'm like, God, man, that'd be so cool. You know, or a million people's lives. You're like, dude, that'd be so cool, man. And I knew there was a guy inside of me that could do that. So one day, like you created the Driven event, which is awesome. And I guarantee, listen to me, because you reached down, grabbed, and then freaking took action, Guess what? There's a lot of people getting inspired by this that are gonna take action because you took action. And we did the same thing. We created a master closer seminar and it was in 2018. That was our first event. We've done one, there were, in that first event, we had like 20 people show up, right? Yeah. And it was a seminar, a closing seminar yeah. with me and my wife. And uh, dude, it was like, I watched that video still to this day and I crack up. Cause I'm yeah. like, dude, what, what a joker, man. But now we have a thousand people fly out every single month. We do it every month. We have a thousand people come out every month. It's booked every month and we've done it every single month and we've never skipped. Yeah. Is that crazy, man? It's crazy. It's and you know what? The people that come out, they're bawling, they're crying, their lives are changed. They go home, they're better husband, better wives, better parents. They love themselves more. They look in the mirror. They like who they see. You know why? because we freaking took action yeah. and we're underdogs. So I'm just saying, when I say this to you, those underdogs are dangerous. You know why they're dangerous? Because they keep the fucking chip on their shoulder. Yeah. I don't ever take it off. I don't care how much money I have. Our company will make a hundred million this year. Screw it, okay? If you want to beat me, you're going to have to kill me. Most people, when they make money, they get that or I've arrived feeling. I've arrived, I'll smash you. And I love it. Yeah. I'm so glad people don't want to learn. They don't want to stay hungry. I'm so glad. They make it easy on us. Do you have any fears? Hell no. I got one fear of going backwards. That's a true fear. Yeah. But I'm not afraid to go forward. Like my fear of going forward is nothing. I'll do whatever it takes to go forward. The fear would be going backwards. Yeah. You know what a fear would be? Honestly, I'll tell you one fear of mine would be to ever go back and be a one-dimensional man. Let me explain this to you, okay? A lot of people only think that they can have one thing in life, right? Like you're married, but you got a business or you're working for a company and you can be successful. So you let your marriage go because you wanna be successful in business, right? Because that makes you feel more of a man. Or you take care of your wife, you're really close to her, but you suck at your job. Or you're good at your job, you're a great 
parent, you walk in the door, your wife's been waiting for you all day long, you come in, it's 9 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, you walk right past your wife, go straight to your kids, give them a big kiss, she's been waiting on you all day long. You're a good parent, you're good at your job, but you're shitty as a husband. Or you do all three of those good, but you look in the mirror, you don't like who you are, and you drink or take drugs because you want to numb yourself because you don't like who you see. One-dimensional. You can be spiritually strong, you can be physically strong, you can be great at your job, you can be a badass spouse, and you can be a killer husband or wife or, or, um, or a dad or mom. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm about being all that shit. You got one life, so let's not act like we're going to live twice. Yeah. And if you'll not be one-dimensional, I'm telling you, if somebody's watching this, you can have that shit. You know what I want? I want my wife to admire me. I want her every day to look up to me and be like, dude, he's a... Shit, man! Did he level up again? Yeah, that's my goal. You, you, you know what? Uh, you know what my fear is. Tell me to be broke again. Yeah, it's going backwards. It's scary shit. Yeah. So, so Ed, my lead, I was having a conversation with Ed, and he said, um, "I think our fear, both of our fears, Ed, my lead, and mine, he said, is to be broke again, because Ed, my lead, told me even though I'm worth eight hundred million, I'm still scared to be broke again." So I still have that chip on my shoulder that yep. I never want to go back again. Uh, and I want to tell you something to be scared of. For anybody who's watching this, because you've done a really good job, you probably have two mixtures of followings. You probably have really successful people that like to be around you because winners want to be around winners. And then you got a lot of people that probably want to level up. So they're watching you for inspiration because they want to stay close to you so they can go to the next level. Something that I would tell you to always be fearful of if you're winning right now and you're doing great is don't become a fraud. Yeah. Be very careful through the change of doing great that you forget why we're here. Okay? Why we're here is we're here to be real and to be a true example. Screw the money. The people that are watching this, we want to change their, their lives. And if we can be real, a lot of people look up to influencers to try to find something real in life. Just telling you. So if we can stay away from being frauds and be badasses and literally show every day what winning looks like, take good care of your wife's seal, take good care of your kids, take great care of your business, stay in great health, you do all that, you'll show them what it's, what it's like to win, and that's winning. Yeah. Well, what do you think is your biggest drive? Like, what keeps you so driven? So, um, well, number one, like I said, being because you're really you're really intense and you don't stop. Like I know today you you woke up really early. You drove a long distance. You went all across town. You got to hear uh, you're hungry. You have an eight. Your wife has an eight. Uh, we got to take her and get some food pretty soon. Uh, like how, how do you just keep going with so much energy, even though you have maybe things not going 100 percent for you right now? Dude, we prayed for this. We prayed for this. That's why. That's why, because I really think, and I'm, I'm just telling you this, a lot of people, when they get to a certain point, remember when you were dead broke? Yeah. You were so hungry, you wanted to go to that next level. Well, once people get a taste of that next level, they, they get comfortable, and mm -hmm. they start to die down. Well, listen, right before people die, right, they get comfortable because they're about to pass. So when I see people get comfortable, I'm like, dude, that guy must be dying. Like, that's what I think. I'm like, dude, that guy's about to die or she's about to die. Yeah. I don't want to be that way. And I'll say this. What keeps me fired up? What keeps my edge? Well, my kids. I want to give my kids a lifestyle, which I already have that they've never had. But secondly, I want, my, I want to be my kid's hero. 
I really do. My daughters, I want to show them what it's like to be a great man. And by the way, listen to me. I work up my ass off. My wife, me and her, we work together. We're a power couple. We spend and get home sometimes at 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. People are like, that's unhealthy. No, you know what's unhealthy? Losing. That's unhealthy. But we get home at 11 o'clock at night. You know what we do? We still eat dinner with our kids. We play duck, duck, goose and ring around the rosy in the driveway until 1 a.m. in the morning. Screw time. This is our life. You can do whatever you want. So my edge is to be a great example for our kids and to show them it's cool to be abnormal. I don't want to be like anybody else. Have your kids in bed by eight. That's you, man. That ain't me. I can do whatever I want. This is my freaking life. I want to show my kids to be different, to be wild, to do whatever the hell they want. I don't want them to get civilized. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I want them to stay crazy because only crazy people go far. Average people quit. Crazy people never let off the gas. Even when they're losing, they don't let up. Yeah. And eventually they end up catching some, somebody who lets off. So when you get home at 11, uh, are, are you a little tired or, or you're not tired? Let me be honest with you. Yeah. I'm ready to have sex right away. <laughs> Seriously, straight up, man. Yeah. Me and my wife have sex every single night. Every night. If we go to bed without having sex, it is a fist fight. You know why? Because a lot of people in the bedroom, they're together, but they're miles apart. Right? You want to know why families split? They split because the husband and the wife stopped being close, period. What keeps people close? Sex. Sure, there's a lot of great other things that come with it. But that closeness, look, dude, you can have the worst day of your life. You go home and have sex, everything's cool. You're good. You wake up the next morning, no grudges held, you're good to go. I am telling you right now, the best advice ever is that. And most people, 99% of the people don't do this. And they say, I don't want to do that. That's why your life sucks. That's why your wife doesn't look up to you and want to hang out with you all the time. That's why she's watching TV because she don't want to spend time with you. Yeah. We don't even watch TV. If we do, it's drug lord movies. We're always watching those crazy drug what, lord movies. What about kids? Because uh, you have three, three kids, right? Mm-hmm. What, where do they sleep? Do they all have a bedroom? Do they ever get in, in, in the bed with you guys? Now, listen, here's the deal. I want to tell you this. Remember I said total recreation and changing? So when I, when I worked, my wife, we both met. She was an alpha. I was an alpha. If I didn't marry my wife, she was going to have a great life anyways. Okay, I'm just telling you. She's, she's going to get her own. And we met. I was 26. She's 24. We get together and... When we had our, our first child, Ian, at thir- when I was 30 and she was 28, he breastfed for like 18 months, right? So, like, he didn't get out of the bed. Yeah. So, me and her were having sex in the closet all the time because we couldn't go to the bed. Now, watch. We had our second kid, our third kid. Two years ago, we finally said, get out of our room. Like, we couldn't take it anymore. Ten years. We just got him out of our bed two years ago. Yeah. Now... They sleep in their own rooms. Life is good. I can't believe it took 10 years. But you know what? We're so close to our kids, man. When we walk in, by the way, we speak to our children not like children. We speak to our our children like business people. Yeah. We talk to them like, listen, hey, you do what you want to do, but if you do this, this could happen, and if you do that, that could happen. All right? So let's weigh it out and make a good business decision. And this is a six-year-old little girl. We're telling her, you decide. Okay? Win-loss. Which one are you going to do? And I want to say that our kids all sleep in their room now. But when we come in the house, they run to us. Yeah, Run. Does. Swear, I'm not making this up. They run. And I'm going to tell you this. Because every time we're with them, 
We show them so much freaking love, man. You, a lot of people are like, I don't get enough time with my kids. Well, how much time do you get with them? I only get 30 minutes a day. That's enough. You put your phone down. You spend 30 minutes a day with your kids consciously there with them, intentionally being there. <laughs> dude, they don't want any more 30 minutes. Yeah, they get bored of you. Yeah, they're like, dude, 30 minutes of craziness? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. And then tomorrow, do it again. Consistency is the key in the world. If you want to win, the way you've won is by being consistent. Would you agree? Yeah. Be consistent in every area of life that you want to win in. Whatever you're not consistent in, it's because it's not a priority. Period. So for the last two years, you've been having sex every night? Every single night. Be before before Sometimes that? Sometimes two or three times. I don't want to get into it, but it's just be, a little, be, it's a little Before crazy. that, when the, when the kids were in the bedroom, was it, was it different? Or was it still Yeah, it was night? a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, because you know why? We, me and my wife, we put our children before us yeah. for a long time. We really did. And, we, and by the way, like, I like to speak direct and call it out. No, it's good that you're, you're – I like, I like how you're being very transparent with Yeah, you. yeah. Like, seriously, like, me and her, we put the kids in front of ourselves for a very long time. And, um, man, dude, we weren't as in – we were in love. But, dude, we're psycho in love right now. Yeah. Do you know Why? Because we like finally chose each other to be really first. I'm going to tell you this. A lot of people, their kids are first and their marriage is second. And when I used to hear people say, oh, your kids got to be first. I was like, I mean, I'm sorry. Like your marriage has got to be first. Put your kids second. I was like, dude, I love my kids so much that like, like I want to say she's first, but it was really my kids. Right. But now she's first. She's, so, and our kids get way more love. Because so your of kids it. are how old? You said one. Your girl is six. six. Like my my Italia is is five and a half. So that's pretty close. Same deal. And then you have uh, the other two are are what age? Uh, nine, and she's a little girl. And then nine. we have an eleven year old son. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's a sales assassin, man. Listen, dude, he 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 makes calls every day. Is he buff and and six oh, pack? No, 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 no. He's eleven years old, and listen, he'll come into the office. So in Scottsdale, Arizona, we got a thirty-five thousand square foot conference room. We've got sixty guys making calls all day long, just chopping it up. Warriors in the den, killing it. My son comes in. He'll literally grab a lead. He'll get on the phone. He knows to go to Facetime. Facetime. He's like, "What's up? Hey, I'm Andy Elliott's my dad. It's Ian Elliott." Hey, just want to reach out. We got a new course. My dad just released his A to Z new closing course. Teach you how to close anybody, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. He'll say it just like that. He's like, by the way, I'm here in the lion's den. Check out all the guys. You like that? We're here in Scottsdale. Listen, don't tell my dad, but I'm going to give you 20% off this course, and I'm going to put it in your account right now if you want. You want to use a card on file, or do you want to put a new, you got a new card you want to use? Which one? And listen, what email address do you want the account registered with? I'm going to get you set up right now. No lie. He'll do it. So like, boom, 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 boom. One minute, one call close. Guess what will happen? They'll be like, okay, that's cool. And guess what? My son will go to his mom, okay, or go to one of the payment gateway people yeah. that work for us, and he'll say, hey, um, you know, here's a credit card, or uh, Jake Johnson, his, uh, his credit card's on file. Run it for $598 or $1,000. And then he'll go straight to his mom. He's like, Mom, I just ran $1,000 on a credit card, set up Jake Johnson's uh, account. Um, I need 30%. Can I get paid today? Like, he's 11 years old. He wants his commission today. And she's like, no, you get paid on the 5th. He's like, Mom, I want to go to Target, or I'm trying to go buy a skateboard. And literally, he understands commission. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, not hourly, but commission. Money made, money paid. Yeah. So he's got to put up revenue. Was your, was your son always... A sales, a sales guy, like from the beginning, or, or was he a little timid in the beginning? Then you 
broke them out of that. They were timid and they're all scared in the beginning, just yeah. like me and you were when they first started. But guess what? I set the standard. I told them, I said, hey, listen to me. You're only scared because you're not good at it yet because you haven't done it a lot. I said, anything that's new to you, if it's new, you can't be good at it. Yeah. Like it's impossible. So, so you, you just confirmed that anyone can be good in sales. Like it doesn't matter if you're, if you're like, if you're watching this and you're an introvert and you're very shy, you're insecure, um, you're not good looking, uh, you're overweight, you have uh, issues mm -hmm. that are of insecurity, they can still learn how to win and sell. They can smash anyone, it, anyone. man. Yeah, total recreation. Just just make a decision. And by the way, like, you know, you talked about Ed Milet and all these guys. I mean, if you'll listen to what they say, they all talk about altering your identity, right? I mean, you probably heard these guys speak about altering your identity, right? Like telling yourself the ultimate lie. Like, look, this is who I am right now. I don't want to be this person anymore. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call my shot. This is who I want to be. This is my, and you envision what that person's going to be. And then you literally lie to yourself and you say, all right, I am that person. And you change your mindset yeah. and you act like that person's behavior, their attitude, and you do everything just like them. And guess what happens? Dude, you eventually wake up and you're that person and reality yeah. catches up. Just like you want to be on Cardone stage. Guess what? You ain't going to pay him to get on your stage anymore. He'll come be on your stage. You know why? Because he's a fool if he wouldn't be because of your following. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just telling you, dude, when I say this, like, it's just really cool what a person can do when they decide to go all in on themselves and uh, they believe they're worth it. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's a big deal. Let me ask you a question. So when, when, when you were younger, were you out of shape at one point? Were you, were you overweight or, or? Yeah. Yeah. So listen. Before, before you got in, in tremendous shape. So in sixth grade, I was fat and uh, this girl that I liked, right? She said, uh. I asked her, like, you know, do you want to go out with me or whatever? And she's like, no, because I like this, you know, like, check yes or no. And she's like, no, right? And she's like, because uh, this, I like this guy. And I was like, why do you like him? And she's like, because he has a six-pack. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, these things on the stomach. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have those. Yeah, and I had, like, little poofy titties and shit. You know what I mean? I was a fa By the way, let me tell you some backstory in my family. My whole family's obese. 300 to 500 pounds. I don't have genetics. What I have is discipline. I know, like David Goggins, he's like, dude, I'm a fat guy. So I know I, I have to torture myself or I'll end up being a fat guy. I know what's going to happen. The day I quit eating clean, the day I, I, I freaking let my guard down, the day I quit going to the gym, the day I quit doing all this, I'm done. I am breaking my family curse. I'm breaking it. And that's why I'm telling you, I might create new genes, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't always in shape, but that girl, when she chose that guy, I didn't like that. So anytime I don't get what I want and I don't like it, well, you can just cry about it and go do something. Yeah. So I decided to do sit-ups every day and I ran around my neighborhood as a kid. Guess what? Seventh grade, had a six-pack going into school. Bam, rolling. Now watch this. There was a day, swear to God, if you look, if you go to YouTube right now, right, and you type in Andy Elliott, go back and look at some of the first videos I was shooting as a sales trainer back in 2014, remember when I told you I got in the space, mm -hmm. okay, and here's the crazy thing, is my wife walked up to me and grabbed my love handle, okay, and she was like, oh, and I was like, dude, what are you doing, because <laughs> you don't, like, that, that was like freaking me out, you know, because I like, was a little chunky, you know what I'm saying? And go, go look at the videos, but look at the transformation from now to then. When she did that, you know what I did? I had hair. 
right? I shaved my head, went psycho, joined a CrossFit gym, started getting serious, and I went to war. And, dude, that's why we are who we are today um, because I got comfortable and went back. Every time I let my foot off the gas, every time I let down just for one day, like I lost it. You talk about Bradley, right? And um, the other day, me and I, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. And me and him, we partner together on everything. I see him every day. I talk to him every day on the phone. We do business together. We train all his real financial insurance salespeople. We do all so much business together. Tons of it. We have events all the time together. We're always doing shit together. But here's the deal. My wife was talking, we were talking about music with him and his wife the other day, and I listened to a group called Rob Bailey, right? So Rob Bailey and the Hustle Standard. If you ever want to really work out hard, go crazy, just type in Rob Bailey. And I listen to Rob Bailey constantly, okay? Either I'm closing somebody, running a team, doing training, or listening to Rob Bailey. Like, that's all I do because I constantly keep that music in my head. And it's like motivation music, fired up. Just listen to it when I'm done. Trust me, a couple songs. I think you sent me a few, a few songs, yep. yeah. Yeah. You'll go psycho, man. Well, my wife's like, dude, I'm so sick of hearing this guy. She's like, dude, turn this off. But Brad's like, I bet you don't want to lose your edge, do you? I was like, that's exactly it. You said you don't want to go backwards. Either do I. This damn thing right here, this controls it all. Yeah. You lose this, you're done. Yeah. So every day I am afraid of going backwards, which means I'm afraid to lose my mind. The sharper my mind gets, the more deadly I become. You try to do a little bit more every day than you did yesterday? Every day. So I have a rule. Every day I, re I erase, not, not recreate, but erase who I was yesterday. Dude, literally, this is almost like a little bit like delusional, but I will erase who I was yesterday. I ain't going back. I ain't going back. I am better today than I was yesterday in some area of my life. Okay, so I erase that son of a bitch. He's gone. Okay, so people are always like, oh, I'm backsliding. I'm like, backsliding to what? To who? You yeah. killed that fool. And guess what? If you'll, if you'll just listen to these little simple things, like this is how to get better every day. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you know a quick uh, story that I want to share with people watching this is there used to be this girl in, in, in uh, middle school. Her name was Marlene. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, Marlene, if you're watching this, um, she was really hot. So she was like a Latina cause I like Latinas. I'm sure you could tell. And she was like curvy. She was like natural middle school girl with like curves. She had her nice boobs, nice butt. And, and, and she was, she was into like the, the, the like the, like the cool guy, like the gangster yeah, guy. Sure, so, yeah. so there was like the, 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 bad the, guys. the, the, the gang, the, the, the leader of the gang in, in, in Porter middle school, uh, back then. He was bald, and he, were, he would wear Jordans, and he was fit. He played in the basketball team, and I was, like, really skinny. Yep. I weighed 120, and I was the same height, 120, and I had pimples, and, my, and I was really pale. I was really pale, so my face would get red like a tomato, and, and I would have pimples, really skinny, really skinny, and then I would wear baggy clothes. I just looked bad. And like like Snoop Dogg, and, but, but, but like Mexican. So, I, <laughs> so she wasn't attracted to me. Yeah. But I was like, damn, what would it take to land a girl like that? Like, so I was always like, fuck, I want to hit it. But, but I, I, I couldn't because, because she was with the, with the cool guy. So it pissed me off because I was so insecure that, that it, when I got to high school, same shit. I, I couldn't land any, any, any girls. And everybody would just make fun of me. So I said, you know what? 
they mailed my diploma and uh, and because I couldn't graduate on stage because my grades were so bad. So then when I graduated from, uh, when I got my diploma and I, before going to college, I said, I'm going to fix all the shit that I hate about myself. Because I, I saw myself as an ugly dude. So I was like, okay, I'm, an, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a good looking guy. I'm an ugly guy. So I got to fix and I got to work on all the things I don't like about myself. So I started working out, lifting weights, taking creatine, weight gainer. I started going to the beach and just burning my, my face, my skin. Then I started getting color. I built some size and I grew my hair. I got highlights. I don't know why I did that. So I thought I, I, I try to make myself look good. Yeah. So then I started doing that, but then I was still shy. But, but looking better, like improving my physique and the things I could improve, it gave me a little bit more confidence. So that, that made me more confident to approach girls because that was what I, I was just trying to get laid. So when I, when I appro before I approached the girls, even though I had now muscle, a tan, the pimples went away because I started swimming on the beach. Somebody said salt water would help your, your, your skin. So then I was like, oh, shit, I'm still shy. I can't go to the girls. So then I put a little bit of vodka because the, the only vodka I could afford was Absolute, the one they sell in Costco. Mm -hmm. It was like 26 bucks for the big 1.75 uh, liter one. Yeah. So I bought that and I would put it in a water bottle, take it to the beach and put some in my soda. And then me and my buddy, uh, Felipe, we would be like, okay, after two drinks, we're ready to hit the girls. So we would go to the girls, talk to them, and we were bad at the first times. But then after doing that, like you said, repetition, repetition. Made, us, made us a bit better. So then we got really good at it. So then we played games like, hey, we're going to land this girl first try. She's, she's gonna, we're going to close her. So we would play all these games, and then we got better. So that, sh that, that kind of shows people like, hey, you were wet back, you had an accent you were insecure, you could still make yourself better and, and with repetition you get better. But you think when you work on, on, on getting better, like on building muscle, working out, exercise, fixing things that you're not happy about, mm -hmm. you think that helps a lot in your confidence and how important is confidence? Yeah, well see like Bradley always says, you'll never out earn your own self-worth, right? Yeah. So like if you don't think you're worth it, like no one else is gonna think you're worth it, right? So like, and you can ca you carry that on you. Yeah, like what you did. You you said you were you were a bit chubby, mm -hmm. and then you started working out, and then yeah. all of a sudden you turned Changed into this everything, beast, man. Yeah, and, and like I said, man, like it it just made me like me. You know what I mean? And but repetition's the mother of skill. Yeah. Like whatever it is you do, like whether it's picking up girls or selling a product or whatever, you know that's it. And also, whatever you put into something is whatever you get out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like. You do something more, you get better at it. Yeah. Like, that's it. So, like, I like word tracks. I like if I'm, like, going to close you on something, right? Like, whatever it is that you're going to say to me, our job is, as salespeople, right, is the number one, create great relationships with people because yeah. relationships kill objections. Yeah. But if you get an objection, learn word tracks. And we teach these guys whatever, some, whatever objections you get, top 20 in your industry, top 10, right? They're never going to be any new ones, right? Yeah. They're all the same. Learn them, write them down, and, and memorize them and tattoo them on your heart so you don't have to think about them anymore. Yeah. You become machine-like and repetition. How important is it to make eye contact when you're closing? Everything. Dude, listen, if you won't look at me in the eyes, I ain't doing business with you. Look, if you swallow, ask me if that's my best deal. Is this your best deal? So you're like, dude, why'd you swallow, bro? Right? Like, people watch people. Don't swallow. Don't flinch. Don't look away. And guess what? Don't decrease your state. Like if somebody hits you with anything or if you're talking to somebody about it, look, people buy when they're in a great state. 
Like, what's your, when, when do you buy shit? When you're in a good mood or a bad mood? When I'm happy. Yeah, good mood, man. Excited, bumped up. Yeah, so our goal is as salespeople, you always got to be in a great state, and that puts other people in a great state. That's their buying state. So, but you said eye contact, everything. And plus, on top of that, man, like, sell like a lion, act like a lamb. You don't have to be like, like this, like, just, just like smiling eyes, like smile with your eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, make people feel like you care. So what do you do if you have the biggest sell, the biggest opportunity, and let's say you get in the fight with your wife, and she just pisses you off, and, and it's a, the most horrible fight that you, that, you, that you have, and then you have your biggest opportunity of your life, and you got to close this sale. How do you go from being, like, in the bad state to getting in the good state from one second to the next like that? Well, so, obviously, I grew up in the car business, so at 18 years old, some of the best advice I ever got was um, leave your shit in the car, Okay, leave your problems in the car when you come in here to work because when you go home, they're still going to be there. Okay, so do me a favor. Keep them in the car. So I always had a deal when I go to work, I don't care what's bothering me. I know this, I'm not going to make any money if I have a bad mood, bad state, or if I'm thinking about anything except for they can buy, they came to buy, and they're going to buy as long as I do my job. Like, I'm just telling you. So I leave my shit in the car. Okay, it's going to be there waiting for you when you're done. So just leave it in the car. Also, on top of that, um, Man, just remember why you're here, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, you prayed for a great opportunity to close a big deal like that. I don't care what's going on. Motivation is the biggest, like, fraud of life. Driven. Driven. Driven is the key. What's driven mean? When you wake up, you just lost your best customer, right? Are you driven? Are you motivated? Okay? When you wake up, you and your wife are fighting. You're having the worst day of your life. How you wake up on that day is how you should wake up every freaking day, okay? Doesn't matter what happens. You wake up, you don't feel good. You got COVID. You're blacked out. Go get it. Be driven. I don't care how you feel. Your goal is to kill motivation and be driven. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If you're driven, you'll win. So if you're driven, you don't really need a state because you're always in the state. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? You remember why you're here, why you started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't ever forget why you started. Yeah. So you mentioned something about today, the salespeople are not that good. Yeah. You, you have some of the, the worst salespeople today. Why do you think that is and how can we fix that? Well, number one, a long time ago when we got in, because we're the same age, I'm 42, you're 39 right now at the time of shooting this. When I got in at 18, I'm going to tell you this, when there was a customer or there was a sell opportunity or there was a lead, you know what we did? We used to fight for it. Like, people would get fist fights to go sell that. Like, that's the way it was. People wanted to win so bad, it got ugly. Now, it's like, hey, man, you get that one. Right? It's like people just brush it off like no big deal. And that's the problem is that it's no big deal. I'm telling you, COVID, yeah. COVID smashed out all the great salespeople. The reason why, number one, since COVID, there's a great market. Would you agree? Yeah. There's a great market all the way around. There's a chip shortage. There's a, a supply, I mean, real estate through the roof. I mean, God, I mean, bidding wars on bidding wars on bidding wars. Now, rates have hiked recently, so that's caused a little bit of a slowdown for just a sec. But in these bidding wars, I mean, if you're a real estate agent, you're like, yeah, baby, run that sucker right up. It didn't have nothing to do with the, the real estate person's skill. The offers were just stacking. That's right, yeah. Supply and demand. So what did that do to realtors? Well, it made them lazy. All they had to do is put a property out on the market. There's a supply and demand. There's not enough market uh, or uh, properties out there. Everybody's bidding on them to get all the dough. They're, they're freaking uh, skyrocketing their commissions. They didn't have to have any skill. 
They just had to do a good job putting it online and making sure they showed up and showed the client. Yeah. But five years ago or in 2008, when the market crash hit, oh, you had to know how to sell. So that's why I'm telling you we're in the era of the worst salesman in the history of time. So what I would tell you is this. Number one, whatever it is that you do, know your niche, get rich. Okay, know this. Whatever it is you do, become undeniably the best at it. In the world. Not in your office, not in your state, but in the world. How do you do that? Number one, study everything about it. Don't ever let somebody know your business better than you. Period. Secondly, try to figure out how to kick your own ass every single day. If you have a business and you, I do what you do, I'm going to smoke you. You're not going to come kick my ass because every day I try to figure out how to tear my own company down. I'm like, hey, if a guy was going to come across me today, where would they come at it? Where would they wheel in the Trojan horse on me, right? Yeah. Where's the Achilles heel on my company? And I try to find it. And I believe in human capital. So I believe in people. Oh, by the way, you asked something in the very beginning. You said, Andy, how'd you sell 60, 70, 80 cars a month, 90 cars? How'd you do that? Well, I didn't go sit on the lot and stand out there. I generated my own business, okay? Our company, the money that we're going to make and what we do and how we've grown, I've spent zero dollars on advertising. Never ran a Facebook ad. Never ran an Instagram ad. We literally do everything organically by social media. So I'm just telling you, dude, it's crazy the resources we have today that we didn't have back then. So you become the best at what you do, and then you partner that with the resources on social media. Holy cow. And then if you want to throw some money in it and then boost all that, holy, it's crazy. Yeah. Like right now, nobody could get bigger than right now if they went all in. Yeah. And whatever they do, I mean, whatever it is, I don't care. Like now's the time to smash it. Yeah. So like Andy, let, let's go back to, um, well, quick question on your energy. Do you, do you, um, do you drink alcohol? Do you take a lot of, a lot of energy drinks or, or coffee? Love coffee. Coffee's for closers. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, you got to drink coffee. Number one, me and my wife live off coffee. We love it. But I, I don't think I drink coffee for energy. I mean, we'll go to bed. We're mm. like, hey, babe, you want to go to bed? Yeah, cool. Let's have a cup of coffee. We'll drink coffee and go to bed. So, like, we enjoy coffee, okay? I drink a gallon of water a day. I drink coffee, maybe a Celsius or two, right? But I don't smash energy drinks. Um, my energy comes from I'm glad I'm alive. Everybody watching this right now, there should be a point in your life you can look back on that you probably realize you should have been dead. Hey, how many times should you be dead right now? A hundred. Yeah, probably a hundred thousand. You really wrote down, you're like, I should, I, I should have been dead there. I should have been dead there. I, damn, I shouldn't have done that. Like, how are we here? Well, man, the fact that we're here means God wants us to be here, dude. Yeah. Because if we weren't supposed to be here, we wouldn't be here. So I'm going to have energy for that reason. But the gym also supplies a lot of energy for me. Yeah. So this is going very good, Andy. And be, before we wrap up, because I, I, I want to, I have a few key, key things that I want to go over with you. Um, the mindset. So, for example, me, uh, we're going to Tennessee tomorrow. And this happened, I think, a month ago. And I, I'm coming into my office, and I, and I have two robbers that just, they, they, they were studying me. They see when I'm coming in, and, and, and they just, they, they meet me at a, in, in the front of the building, and they point two guns at me. So one guy points a gun at me, the other guy points a gun on the side. They take my watch, and, and they leave. So it, 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 was a, it was a bad experience, 
But my mindset, you know, my mindset is I, I was I was thinking first, I hope they don't take the watch and shoot me because I have two little daughters and, yeah. I, and I have one on the way. I didn't even know I, I had a third one on the way. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I could have been dead, you know, and, and, and then she finds out she's pregnant. And then what happens? So like it was it, and before that, they broke into our house and same thing for Roberts. And my dad was going to stay the night, but he didn't. It was a blessing because my dad, something could have ha happened to him. That's why we moved from Beverly Hills to another house. So now that happens. And you know what I do? I'm like, the cops are, they want to get a report. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Um, have, them, have them meet me at the gym. Because a minute after that happened, I ran to my workout because I needed to get my workout in so I could be ready for the training. So I go, in, I, I'm working out, I'm having my workout because I want to make it on time for the training. The cop goes up, up, comes upstairs and he's taking the report as I'm working out. But I have that mindset that even though I had a gun on my chest and on the side, I still have to continue and do what I have to do next. And, and to me, that's like, that's powerful because, you know, like I, it was a nasty experience, but I move on like that. And most people can't even have the mindset to wake up and, and be happy that they're alive mm. and go make some sales to make money and bring money to, the, to, to their families. Why is it that most people, I would say 99% of the population, they, they don't have that mindset to be number one. How do you get that m strong mindset to want to win so bad? Well, and number one, you, uh, you overcome adversity. And this isn't your first time. So anytime something happens to you, if you cower down, right, and you run from it, or you put your head down and get sad and get depressed, dude, you're an idiot. I mean, you're proving everybody right in your life that said you were never going to amount to nothing, okay? I like to get pissed off. So my deal is, is that, look, if you want to change your mindset right, the deal is, are they right? You're really going to let your family down? You're really going to let your, your life go by and you're going to die with your regrets? You're really going to let that happen? No. No, you're not going to let that happen. So, so you're going to get pissed off. So when adversity comes like that deal, guess what? You're like, dude, I've been in worse shit than this, okay? And by the way, as we get older, guess what, man? These people have nothing to lose. We have everything to lose. You got yeah. your beautiful wife. You got your beautiful kids. Dude, take the watch. Take the shoes. Take the car. Take whatever you want, man. Don't mean nothing to me anyways. Yeah. Just take it. It doesn't matter, okay? I don't care. Look, that's it. And, and by the way, like, that's, that's how we need to live till we die. But when it comes to business, I do care. If my family had been around... I'd have killed the motherfuckers, okay? I'm just telling you. And I probably, when I say this, like, I know that sounds crazy I'm saying that, but, like, Bradley always says you're in a bar with your wife, right? You go in, you're seeing some friends. Guy walks by, slaps your wife on the ass. Yeah. What do you do? You knock him out, and he don't wake up. You go to jail for 10 years. Now somebody's slapping your wife on the ass for the next 10 years while you're in jail. You go up to him. He stabs you with the knife. Now you're dead. Somebody's slapping your wife on the ass for the next 10 years because you're dead, right? Or you just walk away. Just walk away. See, we've learned what's good, okay? And what's good is fighting for our family, keeping our nose right down and focusing on business, staying in the gym. That mindset in that gym, that's what keeps you sane. That hour in the gym with yourself makes you make yourself right. Yeah. Dude, I'm serious. My wife will tell me. She's like, dude, listen, get out of here. Go to the gym. Get out. Go. I'm like, no, babe. She's like, shut up. Go. Because I know what you need. Go. And then guess what? I come home. 
And she's like, I told you, we're good now. She knows I need that, right? And I think that that's important that, you know, like, you know that there's an outlet between you and yourself that you get to work out for that 30, 45 minutes, hour, hour and a half in the gym. The gym fixes everybody's life. So if you want the mental mindset, you want to be mentally tough, you want to be unbreakable, just go to the freaking gym. And don't answer any text messages. Don't answer any freaking emails. Put some Rob Bailey on. Sling and bang and clang some weights. And don't talk to nobody. I don't need a workout partner. Yeah. I don't want one. Me and my wife, my wife is my workout partner. But we both grind together. And like we just do our thing. And it's uh, therapy for us. What if, you have, what if you have good genes and you're in shape even if you don't work out? You think working out is still important? Hell yeah, because it's not about what you look like. It's about what's going on in here. Yeah, like I said, get those demons out of your head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Self-doubt, fear, all that shit, medicine. Yeah, because I, I, I never feel like working out in the mornings. Like I, most of the time I hate it, but I force, it's a habit. So I, it, it's a non-negotiable. So I need to do it no matter what. When and you walk out. When I walk, when I yep. walk out, I feel like 100 times better. Yep, and dude, like Andy Frizzell, I was watching a podcast the other day. He goes, dude, I don't want to go to the gym. Who wants to go? Like, nobody really wants to go right like but once you go you remember why you go it's just magical man yeah so you got to learn to do what you know you don't want to well, do what about morning workouts or or uh late night workouts so i like in the morning because it sets the tone sets the tone for the day you think it makes you feel better more energized happier? Shit, are you kidding me dude listen to me if i go to the gym i can do anything but when i go don't when i don't go to the gym i feel like i don't have that edge I feel like the gym is like my unfair advantage. Yeah. Like it keeps me sane. I'll go on two hours of sleep. I don't care. Okay. I get eight hours of sleep, rested, no gym. I ain't closing. I get two hours of sleep, rested. I mean, not, not rested, but gym, I'm closing. Mm -hmm. Now, if I could get eight hours and go to the gym, that'd be like a do, superpower. Do you, do you agree with if you're not first, you're last? Totally, man. 27th place, don't get shit. What about second place? Well, second place means you're getting close, but... Still, man, I don't like second place. Nobody does. Everybody has to hit second before they can hit first, though. So the goal is, is to get a taste of winning, but the goal is what's funner than fun? First, winning. Yeah, winning, you know what I mean? That's the funnest thing in the world. Yeah. And you can do it. Listen to me, if somebody is ahead of you and they're winning, there's eventually going to come a point where they're going to let off the gas or you're going to keep training hard enough or you're going to want it enough that you're going to beat them. Yeah. Either they'll let off the gas and you'll pass them or you'll just keep grinding and you'll pass them. Yeah. Now, now Andy, you, you talked about your mom uh, being an alcoholic. Do you still talk to her? No. What, what, what happened with your mom? Nothing. We just audited everybody out of our life. Here's, and I'll give you a little quick scenario. But so at, when I was in seventh grade, mom left when I was two. Seventh grade, literally, uh, my dad, me and him get in a fight, right? And I'm like, I'm going to go live with my mom, right? You know, like the typical teenager threat, right? And by, by the way, I don't know my mom. I've talked to her twice, but she was like, hey, if you ever want to come stay with me, you're welcome to, you know, right? So I throw that in my dad's face. He's like, you want to go see your mom? You really want to go see her? He's like, all right. He buys a plane flight, flies me to Ohio. I literally get off the plane. Here's what's crazy. My mom picks me up at the airport, hadn't seen me my whole life. She's like, oh my God, she's crying. She's like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go fishing, right? Because she was in Ohio where we she was by Lake Erie. So I'm like, she's like, cool. Okay, we're going to go by this bait shop. And she's like, I'm going to go in here to go to the restroom. You go get you something to drink. We're going to go um, fishing. I'm like, dude, this is awesome, man. My mom's super cool. Guess what? I'm sitting in the car. It's about an hour past his mom don't come out. 
By the way, I call her my mom, but her name's Vicky. Like, she's not my mom, okay? She had birth to me, but she's not a mother. You know what I'm saying? And the deal is, is that literally had someone go in the bathroom to check on her. She's passed out on the floor, slammed two bottles of vodka. She couldn't take it. Guess what? Next thing you know, they pick me up there, fly me back home. Dad picks me up same day. He's like, how's that trip with your mother? I'm like, dude, holy, she's like, I told you, dude, you're in good hands with your dad. Long story short, fast forward to 24 years old, or no, 21 years old. How old were you when that happened? When you went um, to seventh grade. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Okay. 21 years old, my grandma calls me and says, your mother just tried to commit suicide. Why would I care? She's never been around. We don't know who she is. We know her name's Vicky. She's your mother on your birth certificate, whatever. She says, your mom hates herself because of what she did to you guys. What would it mean for you guys right now why she misses her kids and she's down for you guys to come be there and show her that she could have another shot at life? Me and my sisters all load up, drive to Ohio, man. Imagine this. It's like, I'm going to save the day, right? Dude, people that don't want it, you don't need to be around them. You can't force something. It doesn't work that way. It's a two-way street, yeah. okay? Long story short, though, I thought I could save the day. Me and my sister show up. We grab my mother. I was like, hey, mom, we're going to move you down here with us. Um, she's in a trailer, all shit, beat up and shit. I'm like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to get you a car, get you a house. We're going to get you cleaned up. She's still wearing 1970 clothes. Dude, literally, she looks rough. And I'm like, man, we're going to change your life. Works at McDonald's. She's a janitor. Swear. I'm making 500 grand a year selling cars. I'm in a whole different place. I thought I could save my mom. Move her down here. Three weeks, four weeks go by. Guess what? Yeah. Pure craziness. We had to move her back to Ohio. You know what she says when we moved her back? She goes, thanks for ruining my life. Just like, damn, man. And now, to this day, she'll still message me. Don't, don't die. Don't let me die without you talking to me. What did I do? They don't understand. So I'm going to tell you this. If you don't have someone that's in your life, they don't want to be in your life. Look, if somebody doesn't want to bring value to your life and they don't want to make you better, get rid of them. You only have so much real estate in your brain and in your heart. Even in family. Dude, family's the first to go. Dude, listen to me. Your chosen family sometimes is more important than your blood family. Your chosen family. Yeah. The guys that stick around when no one else did. Your family told you that you're an idiot. They believed in you. Yeah. Your wife, she's not your family. She's your chosen family. You chose her. She's not your blood. But sometimes, you know, like that's the chosen family loves you more than your real family. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, you need to realize you have so much real estate on your heart and on your mind. You can only give so much of yourself to so many people. Make sure that you're giving it to the people that are giving themselves to you. Yeah, yeah. That's that. it. If they're not, dude, get rid of them. Audit your yeah. circle and get rid of them. And people are like, that's harsh. Bullshit. That's not harsh. Dude, this is your life. Yeah. And you're not being selfish. Yeah. Did you ever have a mentor that, that taught you things in, when you were coming up? No, this is crazy, man. Me and my wife talked about it, dude. We don't have mentors. We didn't have any. I got them now. I didn't have them when I was younger. Honestly, man. I mean, dude, I grew up in a car dealership. You know what that means? Screw your family. Make money. Screw your I mean, It was just crazy growing up. Yeah. There was no mentors. And by the way, look, we're 40, okay? So social media wasn't around when we were 15, 18. Right. Okay, mentor, Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
15 years old. I had a poster of yeah. a muscle magazine tacked to the wall, and I used to stare at it like this. And you just stare at the poster, right? Because you didn't have YouTube, motivational videos, Instagram. Dude, you didn't have it. That's right. Yeah, posters. So we put a poster on the wall, and we stared at it. And we're like, oh, I'm going to be like that guy. That's the reason why I probably didn't have it, because I got into work right after that. Arnold Schwarzenegger probably the guy when I was young, because I wanted to work out. And I was the poster child. And then we just worked. Yeah. Until I started getting into, like, really, like, getting into social media and stuff, like, 2010, like, dude, like, I, 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 was in the, I was in the dark. I disappeared. I was in the dark grinding, working. Yeah. But, dude, influencers, like, finding a mentor is the fastest way to win. Find a real one, study the shit out of them, become better than them, and go take over the damn world. You think that's why you've grown a lot more in, in the last few years than you did in the first 35 years? Being around people that leveled up. I always say my mentors, and remember this, if, you're, if you are taking notes and you're actually a student, my mentors in life are people that have gone where I want to go. So think about where you want to go and find someone who's been there and then get as close as possible to them. What's the difference between where you want to go and where you are right now? Well, like, let's just say right, like right now, right? Like yeah. it's not a financial goal with you, but you probably have financial goals. You probably have marriage goals with your wife. You probably have parenting goals, right? Yeah. So who's someone right now, like in the beginning when you first did this, like you had financial goals. Yeah. You're like, dude, I want to be financially set, but guess what? You got a Ferrari, you got an office, you got a nice house, you got all this. I mean, dude, listen to me. I mean, sure, you can go buy another car or another house, but it's not about that anymore. You want to find someone else that is so passionate about living that you can see them and be like, dude, that, that's what I want now. Yeah. And that's where you want to go. There's always another level. Once you meet the financial, then you'll find the marriage and then you'll find the parenting and then you'll find the physical shape and, yeah. then, and then you'll find the attitude and then you'll find like the passion for living and, and life. And maybe it's a spiritualness. And then when you say the, the gap to get there is the execution part, you got to execute. Because people can hear what you're saying. They can do what I'm saying. And they're like, oh yeah, you know what? He just said, repeat, repeat, repeat. But then most people fail to execute. Yeah. So the fastest thing that I would tell you to do, like this driven event, like get to one of these events, get in rooms, get in rooms with people that have the same belief as you. And magical shit happens in those rooms. Yeah. You can go in those rooms without a plan, without a plan. And you'll leave with the plan. Yeah. I'm just telling you. So yeah. that's what I would tell you. Like, just get in rooms with the right people. Yeah. So a couple more things and we'll wrap up, uh, Andy. Uh, you, so you have your own business. I want to talk about your business. So, so you open, you, you stop selling cars, right? And you open the business. Yep. Can you talk about your business? What, what, what do you do exactly? And what, what kind of business is it? Yeah. So our company is the Elliott Group. Um, now, number one, um, I'm going to tell you the difference between me and a lot of sales trainers, okay? Um, I'm more of like a life coach, to be for real. Like, I'm more about like, I'm going to get you right, and yeah. then we're going to teach you how to sell. Because if I teach you how to sell and you're not right, you ain't going to sell shit. Yeah. Or, or you might make money for a year or two, you have a little flash in the pan, but then you're going to backslide, go backwards, give it all back. Mm -hmm. I want you to win for the rest of your life, okay? So, watch this. Grant Cardone has Grant Cardone. Who else is there after Grant Cardone? Nobody. He's done. His legacy's gone. You have who? Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is a badass. He's 70 years old. Shit, I know with all the stem cell shit he's doing, he might live to be 200 years old. But guess what? He doesn't have anyone else to take over. 
And if he does, he goes, yeah, I do. Who are they? Because I don't know who they are. I've never heard of them. The people that run your events, I've never heard their name. So I'm Andy Elliott. I run the training in my company. I created the Elliott Group. My wife, she's smart. She goes, what happens if something ever happens to you? We need a group. We need, we need, a, we need an army, Andy, okay, of guys or men or women just like us, just like you, that can all do the same thing, Andy. And if you're really a good trainer, you can make people 10 times better than you, okay? But it's your job to set the standard for everyone else. Which what Tony Robbins teaches, raise your standards. And so we set the example for everyone else. So I created the Elliott Group. And now, to this day, 2022, we train 375,000 salespeople around the country. We have an army of people that follow us and that we make leaders. And we teach them how to sell, close, negotiate, become better people. We teach them how to win. It's just winning. Forget whatever else you call it. Let's just call it winning. But also on top of that, we teach them how to win and have great lives and not be one-dimensional, which is the side that we bring that no one else brings. We're all about being psycho crazy and all those errors. But the Elliott Group, currently to this day, we have 60 people that work for us, okay? And they're all coaches. These guys that work for me can do exactly what I do. To the T, they can even do it better. Yeah. Because I've recreated myself. So if Andy Elliott dies... The Elliott Group is our brand. The Elliott Group lives on. All my guys coach everybody. Yeah. And I've made these guys into savages. Yeah. So our company, the Elliott Group, we're uh, it, about a $100 million company right now. We're with 250 next year, 500 the next year. We're growing fast. Insurance, we're big in insurance. Real estate, dude, we're big in, if you deal with people, we wanna deal with you. That's it. And by the way, like, dude, we're so passionate about living like, you know, you have people that you have in your office every day. When's, have, you, have you ever been around somebody that just had infectious energy? And when yep. you're around them, you're like, damn, man. I have one right here. Yeah, like, you're like, dude, I want you to go away. Like, why don't you stay a couple more days? Yeah. Like, this is the way we run. And people, they say, like, is this a hype game? This ain't a hype game, man. Look, I was asleep the first 20 or 38 years of my life. Okay? Now you're going to have to bury me with dirt for me to go to sleep. That's it. Yeah. So our company is a sales training company and we train in every niche industry from roofing, like I said, to solar to whatever. It doesn't matter. We don't care what you do. The, the, we always say this. Do you believe there's another level? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, cool. Do you believe you have the potential to make more money? Yes or no? Yes. Why aren't you? Let's identify the hole. Let's fix it. It's done. Yeah. Your life changes. And yeah. then they just keep raising their standards. Which leads us to the final thing I wanted to bring up, leadership. How oh, important man. is it to, to, for, for you and your wife to be great leaders so that your 60 people uh, follow what you're doing? Because what I, what I say a lot is you can't tell people what to do if you're not doing it. Yeah, nobody can become something that you're not, okay? And by the way, leadership <laughs> is, so, is so weak around the world titles like i'm your boss dude people are so sick of that shit i don't need a title i don't need a title you know what i need i need to be by i need to be by your side i need to win from the front the back side to side i need to be by you and i need to create culture remember this leaders will do one thing number one they always help their people level up make more money okay like max your potential out is my job as a leader leaders make other people max their potential out but also culture Listen, people, as much as they talk about money, like I want to make more money, 
You know how you can make your team unrecruitable if you're a leader? Unrecruitable, which means I could walk up to a guy that works for you and I could be like, hey, I'll give you a hundred grand more a month. Come work for me, dude. He's like, fuck you. I ain't going nowhere. Ride or die with Albert. No ways. That's culture. These companies, they're teaching their people that money's all that matters. And they wonder why their people get recruited because all they talk about is money. So when someone offers them more money, they're gone. Because their standards is on money. Screw money. Money will never make you happy. Money's quick, okay? The culture, who you're around, who you're spending your time with, the journey along the way, the plane flights, the grinds, building this business, building this building, tearing this carpet up, putting this stuff together, this first podcast on this. This is the journey. You'll look back when it's 2,000 podcasts later. This is the first one. They'll remember when they laid this shit down. Yeah, it's the first, the first one with the, our new LED screen. Yeah, and it's beautiful, We're man. saving it for you. But, but hey, and I'm grateful for it, but, but it's the journey these guys get to do this with you. Yeah. This, building this, means more than the check they got. I yeah. promise you. Yeah. And that right there, leaderships create those journeys for their people to be a part of yeah. something. That's called culture. Well, what do you say to those people that start with you, but they don't finish with you? And then when you're growing so fast and the culture is getting so strong, they kind of like, they can't take it and they fall off. Because I, I don't think everybody can stand the growth. Or why is it that people fall off? Like, like why, do, why do you see that? Well, again, that goes back Cause, to... Because you're so intense, right? I'm yeah. sure you've had a few guys that were just like, I can't take it. This is just too, too, too intense for me. Have you ever had people like that? Well, so check this out. What if, what if we changed it? What if I told you that if I was a great leader, you would feel more powerful when you're around me, right? Like, what if I told you that, look, man, my goal isn't to make you feel small or to not make you feel great, or my goal is to not make you, you know, everybody's uh, led a different way. Some yeah. buy money, some buy going to lunch with them, yeah. um, some by telling them that they're important, right? Like everybody's led it, like everybody operates a different way. Yes, like yeah. success is yeah. something different to them. Like some of my guys just going to lunch is a big deal. I could give them 10,000 more or a hundred grand more. But if I take them to lunch, eat sushi and laugh and have a cold beer, screw the money, man. They want to spend time with me. So my goal is, is to raise my standards every day. And I'm going to tell you this as a leader, raise your standards every day, but take your people with you. Okay. Imagine this, this driven event. I'm going to give you an example. If a guy comes here and he's married and doesn't bring his wife, he's going to go home and tell her all about it. And she ain't going to get it. Yeah. She should have been there. Those that train together, stay together. Those that pray together, stay together. Those that do things together in a company, stay together. So I think what happens is why people get left behind and why they end up going somewhere else is because the leaders, they don't pay to paint a vision where these people belong in their company, right? And how they affect their company. I can be like, hey, Bob, you come in every day. You put the coffee on. Look, dude, you start our day. This is the guy that puts coffee on. He's not the guy that puts up a hundred million a year. He doesn't do none of that, but he puts a coffee on. You say, listen to me, I'm going to tell you this. If it wasn't for the baddest ass coffee in the world, which you put on, man, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. I'm grateful for you. By the way, when I come in and I smell that coffee coming in from the door, I always smile, man. Yeah. I know that you've been here. I love you beating me to work, man. Yeah. You make this place special. Yeah. You think that guy's going to leave you? No, man, because he feels like he belongs. I'm going to tell you this. I think leaders get too big for their people. And by the way, when you get bigger, you may say, Andy, well, I can't be around everybody. Make more leaders, dumbass. 
that duplicate what you did and do it for the other people. That's it. Again, it all goes back to leadership. And without it, we're screwed. So, But for the people that won't grow, which there are those people, fuck them. Who cares, man? Yeah. Dude, listen to me. People are always like, and I'm going to tell you one thing real quick, because this is important to a leader. You have these people that tell you that you're loyal, right? Yeah. Watch this. You ever had somebody that didn't do the work, right? But they've always been there with you, but they're lazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're always like, babe, man, we, we got to fire this guy or something, man. We got to cut his pay. He ain't working. Yeah. And she's like, I'm so loyal. He ain't loyal to you. Because see, if he was loyal to you, he'd be loyal to your dreams. You see, if I've explained my dream to you, and then you don't want that with me, and you don't want to help me attack that, you're not loyal to me. You're actually dragging me down. Okay? So you're actually the opposite. You're unloyal. Yeah. I don't want to buy friends. Okay? If this is business, let's be friends outside, but let's be loyal. You want to be loyal to me? Go help me grind and chase this with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's loyalty. And, and like you said, what if the spouse is not on the same page? Is that a... I think if your spouse isn't on the same page, it's for two reasons. Number one, you haven't done enough, a good enough job making her feel like she belongs by your side. You make her feel like she's behind you, okay? Or number two, the ultimate deal. She doesn't believe you, okay? You've let her down so many times that every time you keep telling her you're going to do something, you don't fucking do it. So she doesn't believe you anymore, Okay, so what do you want to do? I'm going to dump her because she don't believe me. Dude, you ain't done anything you said you were going to do before. Look in the mirror. You're the problem. Why don't you go do something and actually make this shit work? And now she'll believe in you and she'll follow you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like, suck it up, man. She ain't, she ain't an idiot. She's smart. Yeah. She's watching what your habits are. She knows you're going to quit because you probably are. Yeah. Or don't, and then she'll be by your side forever. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you, there was a time that my wife believed in me, but honestly, man, like, I, I mean, I wasn't keeping my promises, okay? Would you stay in a relationship with somebody that constantly broke their promises? No. No. And that's what a lot of people do is that they say they're going to do something, they don't do it, and then when their spouse or their, their partner don't be there with them, they get mad at them. Dude, you should be getting mad at you. Yeah. Okay? So man up or, or suck it up, or if you're a woman, like, just level up and go do it, and now they'll believe in you. Yeah. And dude, like, this is like common sense. Yeah. But the deal is, is that a lot of people don't want to do this. I don't play off emotions. I play off like logic. This is logic. Yeah. Go prove it to her. Yeah. She'll back you forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy, thank you so much. It was so powerful. Um, a story that nobody has ever heard about you. You mind sharing? Something um, nobody has, no, something you never said on camera. Man, you're going to put me on the spot like that? Big dog? <laughs> um, just, just quick one, a quick one. Yeah. No, man. I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you something just real quick, and I, I want to share this with you. But I, I have shared this. Yeah. This is important because yeah. you're 40, so I know a lot of the people that follow you are probably in their young 20s, mid-20s, yeah. right? Maybe early 30s, yeah. right? And then you obviously have, you know, like, because these are men. These are men and women. Yeah. Um, I went back and I said, don't be one-dimensional. There was a time in my life that I gave, listen, remember, me and you came from nothing, okay? Let me talk about a story of an underdog. I gave everything that I had. I worked from seven in the morning until 2 a.m. Yeah. And I wanted to prove that I could make it. Our house, we had a million dollar house. It was paid off. Everything's good. Got money in the bank. Badass car. You know, mama's got the James Bond car, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're good. Like, we're, we're killing it, right? We weren't killing it. What happened is that I thought 
my success was who I was as a man. And I went home one day and my wife told me, she goes, I've learned to live without you. Like you're not ever here. And I wasn't taking her with me. I was growing and she wasn't growing. I wasn't making her number one and I should have. I wasn't making my family number one. And I got mad at her. I cried. I got pissed. I was like, you don't know where I came from. I've got defensive. I did all this. And then I realized that she was dead right, man. I needed to build a sales team. I needed to go and realize that I can have everything in life. I can have my health. I can have, I can be close to God. I can um, have, be, me and my wife could be marriage millionaires, regardless of money. We could be rich together in our hearts. And I could also be a great parent and be good to my kids. Even if I only got 30 minutes or an hour with them, I can intentionally spend that time with them to make them feel important because they are. I redefine my priorities. I raise my standards. And I realized that I never wanted that woman to say that we've learned to live without you. And I realized that she was telling the truth. I looked back on the pictures. I went in my living room and I looked around and I saw myself in all these pictures. And I don't remember being there. Yeah. My mind was in the business. And do you know what? I thought I was killing it then. I was making two million a year. I changed that. Now our companies make a hundred million. Think about it. When I put the things that were important to me first, the real things, and I stopped being like the rest of the damn world, all this shit started happening. Amazing stuff started coming my way. So take care of what's important to you. If your family's important, take care of them. If your health is important, take care of them. And by the way, we've talked about health a little bit. I think a lot of people are gonna be like, dude, I, I don't like this health topic. Yeah. Look, right now, if you had $100 million and you found out you have cancer, would you give up the $100 million to get your health back? Yeah. Hell yeah, you would. So your health is important. Wake up. Wake up. Now all the benefits that come with it, the mental toughness, the mindset, all yeah. that stuff. By the way, we'll finish with this and then, and then you can go, but I'll tell you this. When I wake up in the morning and I smash that gym when I don't want to and I come home, I am good to my children, my attitude, my mindset, my drive, my fire. My kids get out of bed. I give them big hugs. I'm, I'm not all sleepy eyed. I'm jacked up. I, I woke up before them. Yeah. And guess what? They get to feed off dad's great energy for the day. And then also my wife, dude, she doesn't get shitty leftover freaking sleepy baby energy. She gets me. She gets, she, when I see her, I'm like, boom. You know, it's like, damn, man. She's like, God, man, our life is good. Yeah. You should supply the special energy for your entire family and you can get that from the gym. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to wake up and be a shit bag and have my kids get shitty dad energy. I don't want to be the person that ruined their day or the person that ruins my wife's day. So I take accountability for the special energy that my home has. Yeah. So that right there, that health will bring that. Yeah. Andy, thank you so much. Where can people follow you? Uh, official Andy Elliott on Instagram, official Andy Elliott on Instagram. Um, you can go to YouTube, just type it in Andy Elliott, two L's, two T's, help misspell it. You'll still find me. You can see the total recreation from the old videos to now. I'm crazy. I love teaching sales training, but, uh, follow me on IG, um, follow me on YouTube and, uh, let's kill it. Go get everything they said you couldn't have. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go motherfuckers. Yeah. Go baby. First podcast on the Driven Deal. This shit's badass yeah, right here, dude. It was awesome. Good, I love it. Dude, this is a cool setup, man.